Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. To me, it was the right fit, you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. We play in New Jersey, man, so there's going to be some chippiness. There's going to be some griminess. But we're leaving it within the line. And I'll take a team like that. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. And I am Art Stapleton, your host, draft night number one for Joe Shane and the New York Giants in the books. I am recording this in the parking lot in between the Giants facility here at 1925 Giants Drive and the lights of MetLife Stadium. Two new Giants will be on board and in that stadium representing Big Blue. And I got to say, this was a home run for Joe Shane in his first draft as the general manager of the New York Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher out of Oregon, selected at number five. Arguably the best pass rusher in terms of potential in the draft. Evan Neal. At number seven, offensive tackle, Alabama, arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft. At one point within the last six months, both Thibodeau and Evan Neal were considered favorites to be the number one player selected overall in the NFL draft. And now both are Giants. I was pretty impressed with what Joe Shane did, both when he and Brian Dable sat with us afterwards. Dable joked that Shane walked around with magnets in his pockets and all day, really for the last couple weeks, Shane would take the magnets out and kind of go through scenarios. What if this happens and this team selects this player What are we going to do? And they prepared for every scenario possible. And how it played out on Thursday night played right into the Giants' hands. Number one overall to Jacksonville, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Number two overall, another edge rusher. This time Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan goes to Detroit. Motown Blues. Number three, a little bit of a surprise, but there was a lot of buzz around Derek Stingley, the talented corner from LSU. He goes to the Texans at number three. And then the big spot for the Giants, Sauce Gardner, talented cornerback from Cincinnati, the number one corner on the Giants board, I believe, goes to the Jets. And that set up an interesting scenario. All three offensive linemen rated at the top of the board for the Giants. Evan Neal, 
Iki Aquanu and Charles Cross were all available. And I had gone through scenarios where if two of the three were available, what would the Giants do? I wasn't sure what they would do if all three were there. Well, it didn't matter at five because the Giants played the percentages. They knew Carolina was sitting there at six and most likely would take an offensive tackle if the offensive tackle was there to be taken. There were rumblings all day that Philly was going to be moving up for an edge rusher. So if the Giants let Thibodeau pass, who knows? Maybe we're talking about the Eagles with Kayvon Thibodeau. But that didn't come to fruition. The Giants took Thibodeau at five. Stunning in that with all the pre-game, all the pre-draft talk and all the hoopla about Kayvon Thibodeau and his personality, just couldn't be sure how teams really felt about him. It had to be the right fit. You had to have the right coach. You had to have the right defensive coordinator, the right players around him. And I think maybe what I overlooked with Thibodeau, and I have to be honest, Thibodeau didn't turn me off. At the combine when he spoke, I thought he was just candid, a little bit cocky. But you know what? If you're going to play this position at a high level, you need to have some of that. You need to have some of that arrogance. It's almost athletic arrogance. The idea that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat you. You know, you want your edge guy to be that guy. You don't want your your edge guy to be the church mouse in the locker room. And Kayvon Thibodeau is certainly no church mouse. So what I thought is that Thibodeau would end up elsewhere just based on the Giants going for Sauce Gardner in that spot. And I truly believe that if roles were reversed... And if the Jets went with another player at four, I think even if it was Sauce Gardner versus Kayvon Thibodeau, the Giants probably go for Sauce Gardner. Now, I wasn't told that by anybody in the Giants building, but that's kind of how I think things would have played out. But history will say otherwise. And now, as Kayvon Thibodeau told us in his conference call, all the talk about what he was, what he couldn't do, his motor didn't run hot enough, he's a brand, not a football player, he cares more about building his off-the-field profile than his on-the-field game. None of that matters now. It's all history. The Giants believe in Kayvon Thibodeau, and now it's up to him to come out here and work to become the player that he believes he already is. And that's a menacing, pass-rushing, run-stopping god of a football player. And I think that's kind of interesting because the Giants haven't had that kind of personality, that kind of swagger on the defensive side of the ball in a very long time. Since I've been the beat, been on the beat, I can't speak to Justin Tuck or Yossi Umanura or even Jason Pierre-Paul when they were young players on this team. Jason Pierre-Paul was a couple years in when I started covering the team. But this is a big personality. Think Odell Beckham Jr. on 
the catch three times as much. And I joked on Twitter, tagging Odell, and I went back and forth with him a little bit, and that now big personalities are welcome again at 1925 Giants Drive. Because as big of a personality as Odell had, it was viewed as an ego problem. And I thought Joe Shane made an interesting comment regarding Thibodeau, is that this is the athlete, this is the football player that you need to adjust to nowadays. The circumstances around them have created this. The NIL in college, the player realizing and being aware of his earning potential, that's all part of it. And I think the Giants have confidence that they have the right men in place to help with Thibodeau making the transition to the pros. And it also helps that the Giants don't have any big personalities on defense in the defensive room. I mean, let's be honest. Xavier McKinney is just ascending as a leader. Leonard Williams, as much as he is a presence, he is not a big personality. Dexter Lawrence, fun, jolly, if you will, but not that big personality. So when you talk about this Giants defense, all of a sudden, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be the big personality in the room. And when you're selected fifth overall and you come with the kind of pedigree that he's had, you don't worry about the fit because you've already done your homework. I thought it was interesting that Thibodeau said that no team did as much work with him or on him than the Giants. They met with him at the Combine. Think back to the Combine. You can catch my story on NorthJersey.com way back from the first week of March. Thibodeau was the one who revealed that the Giants were hard on him, that they called him out, that they said, three weeks into your rookie year, if you have no sacks and the media starts asking you questions, what will you say? What will you do? And I think at that point, Thibodeau, in a strange way, accepted the fact that that the Giants really liked him because they were digging the deepest. Joe Shane went to his pro day in Oregon. The night before, they went to dinner at a Korean barbecue place in Eugene where they grilled steak skewers tableside. Then Thibodeau had a top 30 meeting here with the Giants, top 30 visit. Met up with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, other guys in the locker room. An interesting nugget is that Michael Strahan came over to the facility that day to meet with Thibodeau, kind of offer his services as his mentor, that he would help him. And Thibodeau knows firsthand that those are the footsteps that he wants to follow in. And I think... That's kind of the biggest thing here is that if you put everything else aside, if you can tap into Kayvon Thibodeau's motivation and his drive, he can be a truly special player in Wink Martindale's defense. I don't think there's any question about that. And then the last bit of foreshadowing 
is that Kayvon Thibodeau said before he got on the plane from L.A. to go to Vegas, his phone buzzed and it was a FaceTime from Brian Dable and Joe Shane. And they wished him luck. And he said when he hung up, it was almost like he felt this was meant to be, that it was going to be the Giants. It was going to be New York, as he said. And now Thibodeau comes to New York. And when he was on the conference call with us, the fun part about it, and now I'll transition to Evan Neal, because as much as Thibodeau will get all the hype, Evan Neal was just as important and maybe even more so an important cog in this team moving forward. But when Thibodeau was on the conference call with us, Evan Neal was standing next to him because Thibodeau was going to hand the phone off to Evan Neal after he finished up his media obligations. And they started joking back and forth about how you know, Thibodeau was saying how they're going to go up against each other in rookie minicamp, and it's going to be 50-50, and who's going to throw an uppercut, and who's going to throw a body blow, and everything that's going to happen. And you could just see that for the first time we saw Thibodeau in a locker room setting. It wasn't in a locker room, but it was one of those things where all of a sudden he's now sharing his spotlight with Evan Neal. I know that sounds strange, but if he was such an egomaniac, Kayvon Thibodeau does not involve Evan Neal in the finale of his conference call on what he called one of the greatest moments of his life. So that's on Thibodeau. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more on Thibodeau as we move forward here. But that, that's my take on Thibodeau. I think the idea that Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari on the edge is a great thing for this defense. There's still a lot of work to do. Let's talk about Evan Neal now. I think he was the top-rated offensive lineman on the board. Push didn't come to shove on that because Iki Aquanu went sixth overall to Carolina. But if you followed my tweets and my coverage, my podcast with Peter Schrager, Evan Neal was the guy at five, I thought, the entire time. And the fact that Thibodeau was there and they had the surplus of offensive linemen, they did what some of you suggested they would do. And they would roll the dice a little bit. And I think what they figured out is that Aquanu was probably going to be the top guy on Carolina's board. I think they figured that. And they knew Neil was the top guy on their board. Even though Joe Shane wouldn't, I tried getting him to say about who was the top guy on their board. He wouldn't go there. He said they were all really close. Uh, but for all the information I had, and again, you can go back and read my mocks. You can listen to the podcast. Evan Neal, within about a last week or so, I got the feeling that Evan Neal was their guy. And lo and behold, at seven, Evan Neal is their guy. 6'7", 337. Looks like he carries 337 like he's 255. Out of the three tackles, he's the one who's most natural at right tackle. Now you have Andrew Thomas at left tackle, Evan Neal at right tackle. Neal is the best all-around tackle in the board. Period. 
Ike Aquanu has the potential of being an all-pro guard. He could also be a pro bowl tackle, but I think for the bang for the buck, it was Evan Neal all along. And I have to be honest, Evan Neal's personality, the idea, you know, he said he was more of an introvert, uh, but when he gets around people, he kind of opens up. He had a pretty good, pretty good personality to survive playing 40 games for Alabama under Nick Saban, starting as a freshman, playing left tackle, left guard, right tackle. You got to have a little bit of personality and a little bit of confidence yourself to kind of stand out. So, as much as Thibodeau is going to get the headlines, I think Evan Neal is another A-plus pick for the Giants. Now, I've learned over the years, draft night is always a time where you are positive. You have optimism. Most of the time, you find ways to fit guys into programs. You look for ways to describe how good they're going to be or what their potential is. In this case, I think need matches talent and presence. And if you had told me on Thursday morning that the Giants would end up with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, I would have said, well, that's a home run, but that's not happening. And it did. And I think for Joe Shane, he deserves a lot of credit. Now we'll pivot to what to expect the rest of the way. I may come back with another reaction podcast before next week. I'm not sure I will. We'll have to see how it plays out. I know I promised you this one. Looking ahead to day two, James Bradbury will take center stage. Will the Giants trade him? Will they be able to find a trade partner to get something back? I'm not sure. Kansas City picked a corner. Buffalo picked a corner late in the first round. So I would imagine it takes both of them out of the mix. I don't know who else would be in the middle in the market for a corner to take Bradbury's salary. Most likely the Giants would have to eat some of that salary on their own. So it remains to be seen what happens. I think there's a chance Darius Slayton gets traded if the Giants end up drafting a wide receiver at some point here over the next two days. Second round, I'd expect potentially a corner at the top. Maybe Andrew Booth from Clemson. Maybe a Tariq Woolen from UTSA. Maybe that happens in the third round. You still have Nicobe Dean from Georgia on the board. You still have Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. So there are options. I think the Giants will ultimately look for another interior offensive lineman at some point. Tight end should be in the mix. Maybe a Jelani Woods from Virginia. We'll see if that happens. But that's where we're at right now. So I'm going to wrap up so I can head home and get some sleep before I right back here tomorrow night. But as you can tell, we've been all in all along. And we appreciate you being all in on our podcast and our coverage at NorthJersey.com and everything we do. So thanks for listening to this show. Good luck the rest of the weekend as fans. Hope you enjoy it. And unless something crazy happens, I'll be back next week 
for a draft wrap-up, and we'll see where we go from here with All In.